Y'all ready to go this morning? All right. Let's do this. Um, first off, I want to give honor where honor is due. And I'm so appreciative of Pastor Marty, Pastor Mark for pouring into me, for for sowing into the passion and calling that God has placed in my life and allowing me times to speak, not only on Wednesday nights, but on Sunday mornings as well. I'm super appreciative for their leadership um, and, and just for their calling and vision that God has placed in their life, taking an incredible people on a journey that God has in store for us here at Pathway. Um, but I am JW. For those of you who do not know me, I think most of you probably see me floating around all the time, running around on Sunday mornings, but I am husband to an incredible wife, Kayla, where we get to do ministry together, both of us doing so many things here at Pathway. And then I am dad to two of the coolest dudes on the planet, Lyndon and Maverick. They're awesome. They're, they're just the best. Um, but I'm also one of the pastors here on staff. I take care of all of our youths, if you will. The students, Pathway students, love hanging out. In fact, if you come through here on a Wednesday night, you'll probably see me outside realizing that I'm not as young as I once was. Um, playing nine square and getting defeated and then getting mad and then coming inside because I don't want to lose again and then just letting it go. But, but I love doing what I do, and I'm glad I get to share what God has placed in my heart this morning with y'all. So if y'all ready to go, I'm going to ask you guys the same question I ask my students. I'm going to treat you guys like students this morning, if that's okay. Um, not that I'm going to treat you like children, but I want you to understand that we treat your children like adults. So I'm going to ask you guys, who has their Bibles with them this morning at church? Come on, let me see them. Go ahead, show them. Don't be, don't be shy. Let me see them. All right, all right who has their notebooks notebooks with them okay all right so i encourage our students to bring their notebooks because i realize that that sometimes god is speaking to me and then i will go a week and then i will forget what he spoke to me or i i, I will be sitting in a service i'm like oh this has nothing to do with anything that i'm going through in life and then a year later i'm like man there was one time where a pastor said exactly what i'm going through now and it's always good to be able to look back on your notes. It's like, oh, God was speaking to me. I, I can use this information for what is going on in my life now. In fact, the entire message that I have for you guys this morning came from just a little note that I took about eight months ago at a conference. It was the Holy Spirit. It was talking like it was a session in the Holy Spirit. And it said, spend time with the Holy Spirit. Spend time with the Holy Spirit. So we're going to do that this morning. We're going to be in Acts, Acts 1, 1 through 5. Acts 1, 1 through 5, as we continue the Holy Spirit series that Pastor Marty has been in for the past several weeks. And I figured, how can I speak on the Holy Spirit without finding some kind of context from the book of Acts? So that's where we are this morning. It's Acts 1, 1 through 5. We do have the scriptures up here on the screen for you as well. This is Luke writing this, and he says this, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day that he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about them, uh, spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. 
He said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move. I pray that your presence would be real. It would be tangible, God. It would be evident, dear Lord Jesus, that we might be able to take your presence with us everywhere we go. God, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give it up for the man on the keys over here. You know, I, I always we always joke because we, we went to the same college, uh, Josh and I, and the crazy thing is, is we did not know each other in college. In fact, there's a, hand, there's a group of us that went to the same college together that never really talked. But, but he, uh, he can play the organ really well, so I'm, I'm convincing him. Maybe we'll try it on a Wednesday night first where he'll come and just play the organ the whole time I'm preaching um, because it, it, it makes you, like, I don't know, go harder. I don't know. It makes you, like, makes you like let's do this. Um, so you don't have to today, but I appreciate it. We'll try next week maybe. Um, but one of, the, one of the hardest things that I struggle with anytime I write a message is my title. I, I struggle for some reason with my title, and I was talking with a good friend this past week. He, he came from Seattle. He has a church up there, and, and he is like complete opposite. He says that he feels like God will give him like a specific word or a title, and, and he can develop an entire message on that. I'm like, dude, I'm sitting there on all of my messages. I'll write a title, and then there are question marks beside it. Because I never know if it's going to be the title. And with this series specifically, I was sitting in a pastor's meeting with uh, Pastor Marty, Pastor Mark, uh, Pastor Bill, Pastor Jessica. We're sitting in there and Pastor Marty's like, okay, here are some dates that I'm not going to be here. I've got, I've got certain people going to be speaking. He said, he said Jada, would you, would you be interested in preaching? I said, absolutely. It's like, what are we preaching on? He said, well, I'm going to be in the Holy Spirit series. I'm like, okay, can I start the series off or like, are you going to be preaching? He's like, well, I'm going to preach for four weeks and then you're going to come for the fifth week. I'm like, the fifth week? Like, that's hard. Like, like, okay, so you need to tell me everything you're going to be preaching on. Because when I think of the Holy Spirit, I, like, I, I go to the, the key items that we think of as the Holy Spirit. You know, he is our guide, he is our counselor. It's like the power that comes with the Holy Spirit, the, the power of the tongue and, and speaking in tongues. I'm like, all right. And he told me that he was speaking on all of those. I was like, what's left? And then I went back. I was like, okay. Spend time with the Holy Spirit. I'll end there. So if you are taking notes, the title that I have for you guys this morning is this. It's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now, I know Pastor Marty is great at telling stories. I know y'all have probably all heard of some of his growing up with a Pentecostal background stories. How many of y'all grew up in an old school Pentecostal church? Let me see. Okay, sweet. So some of you will probably know what I'm talking about. When I grew up, everybody went to big church, right? And, and now I'm sitting here in my mid-30s, and I'm wondering when I will stop calling it big church. Because if you were to go into my office just down the way and go into to my, my little corner that I have, there's a calendar, and it says on my calendar for today's day, it says, Holy Spirit, big parentheses, big church. 
I was like, maybe when I turn 40, I'll stop calling it that, and I'll maybe say worship experience or just going to service. But for now, it's big church. And, and at the church that I grew up in, everybody went to big church. Like whether you were a baby or 80, and then we had some like 100-year-olds. So it was like everybody was in there. And I'm thinking, man, I'm so grateful that we come to a church that has one of the best children's pastors on the planet who spends time, yeah, give it up for her, she's incredible, that spends time finding incredible serve team members to come and hang out with your kids. Uh, in fact, I, I, know, I know a couple people, not here, but they use Sunday mornings as childcare so they don't have to deal with their children. They come in here and hopefully they will get a word from God, but they're like, I just need peace for just a little bit. And we have some incredible people back there every single week hanging out with our kids. So I would encourage you, if you have kids back there this morning, make sure on your way out, give one of the serve teams a high five, give them a fist bump, maybe even give them a Pentecostal handshake. Um, and for those of you who don't know what that is, it's magic. So you have money in your hand, and you go to give them a handshake, and then the money appears in their hand. It's the best. They're the best. So I would encourage you, bless them, tell them thank you. They do an incredible job because then we get to come in here and experience the best worship in the city, and we get to experience a timely word that God has in store for us without having to chase our children around the building. Y'all thankful? I am for sure thankful, and I'm sure that the kids are probably thankful too because if they would have been coming to big church, they would have been getting thumped in the back of the head. Um, that there probably would have been at least one or two times during the service where they would have to go to the bathroom to get a whooping because they were laughing at something that they shouldn't have been laughing about. But then I remember being nine years old. I, I remember specifically being nine years old and, and we we're sitting in a service that was going to go way too long. And the reason why I know it was going to be way too long because the pastor forgot his notes. The pastor forgot his notes, and he was just going to let the Holy Spirit move, which meant our morning service was going to run into our evening service, and it was just going to be one very, very long service. And we didn't have snacks or iPads to keep the kids busy. So, so I'm sitting there, and, and I remember any time that was going on, we were going to talk about the Holy Spirit. But they would always say, the King James Version, the Holy Ghost. And as a nine-year-old, all my mind hears is ghost. And then I start thinking, I saw Ghostbusters. And then, like, I referenced this in first service. Please forgive me for what I'm about to say. But I remember watching Ghost. Y'all know with Patrick Swayze? I'm not talking about the romantic part of that movie. I'm talking about the freaky dude on the subway who's kicking the can and coming. That's what I'm thinking about when I think of Ghost. So we're over here talking about the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost is God, and all I'm thinking about is that weird man on the subway who's a ghost. But then people would start speaking in, in a language that I didn't understand, and then some people would just start doing laps and running around and running around, and, and I'm laughing because as a nine-year-old, it's kind of funny. And I didn't know what was going on, but, but what I struggled with, not that their encounter with God wasn't real, not, not that they didn't like have a tangible moment with the Holy Spirit, but, but for me, as a child, I was like, 
that's that's God. Like that 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 it, it, I didn't understand it. I couldn't quite grasp the concept. And back from week one, Pastor Marty um, in this sermon series, Pastor Marty talks about God um, in, in three different names. He actually calls him William, you know, God the Father. And then he says Bill, God the Son. And then Wild Billy is God the Holy Spirit. And, and, and what, what happens is in, in our life, we can, we can typically understand and grasp the concept of God the Father. We can understand that, that, that he is a father, that, that he is loving, that he cares for us. Now, that doesn't mean that we necessarily have the best relationship with the father, because what happens is we try to justify and judge the relationship we have with God the father with maybe our earthly father. And not all of us had an opportunity of growing up with a great, incredible man to, to, to lead and show us what God the father is supposed to be like. So that relationship not, not be the best, but we can, we can grasp God the Father. You know, that he spoke the world into existence, that he created life with, with his hands, and that he, he is loving and he cares for us. So, so we can grasp God the Father. And then we look at Jesus, God the Son. And, and we all, everyone who is a Christ follower, who is a believer in Jesus Christ, you can, you can grasp the concept that he came to die so that we may be saved, we could receive salvation, and, and then he rose again three days later so that we could then rise with him one day when we pass on from this life. So, so we, we understand the Father, we understand the Son, but when it comes to the Holy Spirit, a lot of times we kind of let that set to the side. We'll kind of say, eh, like, I don't know. Maybe I had an experience with someone who was trying to teach me on the Holy Spirit, and it didn't, I didn't quite understand. I'm just going to leave it here. Or, or maybe you grew up where the, the Holy Spirit wasn't considered God, or, or, or you have all of these different reasonings, so you just kind of set him to the side. But this morning, if you're following along with me, taking notes, I want to show you guys that the Holy Spirit is God. We need to spend time in his presence, and he's been here since the beginning. So my first point that I have for you guys this morning is in the beginning. In the beginning, and the, the reality is I want to show you from the beginning of the word of God, you can see the Holy Spirit and you can see his presence throughout. But I can't start a point, especially my first point, in the beginning without reading Genesis 1.1. So we're Genesis 1, 1 through 2, it says this. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. Now, if you keep reading in Genesis just a little bit later, this same spirit is a spirit that is referred to as the breath of life through the nostrils. So you can see that the Holy Spirit wasn't just an afterthought, but he was there with us in the beginning. But it wasn't just like he came to show up to be part of the, the, the big creation of the earth and then kind of dipped out for a little bit. But I want to show you the Holy Spirit through the Old Testament. 
So I'm just going to rapid fire some scriptures and some different people because I want you to understand the value and the concept of spending time with the Holy Spirit and the impact that it has on our lives and what God has called us to do. So I'm going to skip from Genesis. We're going to go to Exodus and Numbers and look at Moses. Everybody in here know Moses? Okay. So Moses, this man, this mighty man who leads God's people out of slavery, right? This incredible man, this powerful man, this, this, this mighty, mighty person who is leading God's entire people out of slavery. But if we look deeper, we understand and realize that Moses was not qualified to do this. I mean, Moses was a murderer. Moses was not very good at speaking. He probably would have had a speech impediment or a stutter. And every time I look at this, I, I think to myself, this is, this is where this statement comes into play. This is where the statement that, that God doesn't call the equipped, but he equips the called. You see, because what happens if we know that we are equipped and we have the talents, Sometimes we rely on ourselves instead of relying on the calling that God has placed inside of us. But when we allow God to move and call us, then he begins to equip us. He begins to equip us with, with obstacles and challenges that will help us grow. You see, in Numbers, Numbers eleven sixteen, it says that, that the Spirit of God rests on Moses. The Spirit of God rests on Moses, and this is his key to the relationship with God as well as his ability to overcome his shortcomings to lead his people. And then we jump into Judges and Gideon. Um, Judges 6, 34, Gideon is able to deliver Israel because the spirit of the Lord came upon him. And then my favorite, Samson. Y'all know the story of Samson? Samson, the mighty man, the strong man, the strongest man to ever live. All right. I remember growing up, I used to do competitive lifting. Right. And I remember I used to like we used to do honey shots to give us the energy to be able to go lift some heavy weight. Well, I would sit there and I'd be like, all right, God, like I'd like just start like doing all my things to get ready to lift this heavy weight. And I'd say, God, give me the strength of Samson. It's like, give me that strength so that I can lift this weight, that I can win this meet. And then I would get down and I would realize that I was only as strong as what I had just worked out the week before. And I never had that strength. But we all hear the story that Samson, his strength was in his hair. That's what we're taught as a, as a child, as a kid. We, we're like, oh, well, Samson's only strong because of his hair. Yes, his hair had a part to do with it, but it was about the spirit of God that had come upon him. In Judges uh, 13 through 15, it's talking about all of the incredible feats that Samson accomplished and all of them were accomplished when the Holy Spirit came upon him. You see, then he cut his hair, or he let Delilah cut his hair, and then the Spirit of God leaves him. But then the Spirit of God comes back later, and he's able to overcome an enemy greater than he ever had before because the Spirit was on him. Samuel anoints Saul as the king. He anoints him the king of Israel, and it says this in 1 Samuel 10, 6. It says, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power. The spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power. And then later on, he loses that spirit because he starts to do things his own way, starts to walk his own route, stops pursuing God, stops, stops listening to God speak to him. And then that's where this man comes into play. David 
is anointed king. In 1 Samuel 16, 13, it says that when David was anointed king, that day on the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. So it's important to know that the Holy Spirit wasn't an afterthought. Like, like I, I know for the longest time until I studied, until I grew, until I learned, I was like, okay, first came God. Okay, God was here at the beginning. And then all of a sudden he was like, hey, the people that I made are messed up. I need Jesus to come and fix it. So it's like, okay, God is at the beginning. And then Jesus comes, dies. And, and then the whole time, the Holy Spirit's just chilling, like eating some popcorn, like looking at all the things that are going on. And then Jesus dies and says, hey, I'm going to send uh, the Holy Spirit. And then he's like, oh, shoot, it's my turn. So then he comes on and he's been here. That's not how it works. You see, Jesus was in, or the Holy Spirit was in the beginning, and now leads me to my second point, in the middle. In the middle, in Acts 1, verse 4. It's the first scripture we read. I'm going to read it again because this part right here, it says, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father had promised, which you have heard me talk about. So I want you to hear the importance here. Jesus is talking to his disciples, right? The 12. He's talking to he, the 11 at the time. He's talking to this group of men who had just spent every waking moment with Jesus himself. They had watched Jesus in, in perform incredible miracles. They had been a part of performing incredible miracles. So they had been training for the last three and a half years for this moment. They knew that Jesus was going to leave them, so they were, they were learning how to pray to the Father from the Son. Could you imagine learning the very Word of God from the Word Himself? So I'm thinking to myself, these, these men, they're ready to go. They, they, they are ready. They have the answer that the world is looking for. They have everything at their fingertips ready to go. But Jesus gives them this great command. He says, wait. Wait. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, I think Jesus knew that even though they had God the Father, even though they had been with Jesus, there was still something that they needed. And by something, I mean someone. Because he knew that they needed the Holy Spirit to overcome the world. They knew that, that the mind on their own, the things that they had learned, the things that they had been taught would eventually flee. And they would need power that came only from spending time in the presence of the Holy Spirit to overcome everything that would be thrown at them. Think about all that they would have learned. How many of you guys in here have watched the movie Top Gun? The new Top Gun movie. Not the old one, the new one. The old one's good too. The new one. If you haven't watched it, just humor me. Go watch it. Great movie. But, but I'm thinking and, and the concept is it's the best of the best. It's the greatest. They're, they've been training for them. Some of them were the only ones in that flight class that had combat experience. They were trained for everything that would be placed in front of them. These disciples were the only ones that you could say had the combat experience, but they were still missing the Holy Spirit. 
They were missing the experience of the fullness of God. One of my favorite scriptures is this. It's, um, it's Acts 13, 4. I, I, love, I love Paul. I love his story. I love how his name was Saul, and then God did a miraculous thing in his life. But, but in Acts 13, verse 4, it says this. It says, but, Paul, but Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, you son of the devil. I got to thinking, Sometimes we hear other words tagged along to that, and we're like, that was a curse word. So I could imagine this, Paul, in this moment, like he was using some language. Like he was, he was like speaking some, some words. He says, look, he said, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? Now, let me give you a little bit of backstory. There's a magician who's going and sowing like deceit. He's sowing lies. He's trying to turn people away from following the good news of Jesus that they had heard. And, and Paul's letting them have it. He's like, hey, listen. But if you read it, it says that Paul being filled with the Holy Spirit, which at first confused me because I remember reading just in chapter 9, Paul had already been filled with the Holy Spirit. It's like, well, Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit, but now he's being filled again. Is, is it the same story? And it's just kind of separated. And it's like, no, no, no. It says, if you read the context, it says being filled again. So what that means is that it wasn't just this one-time experience that he had with the Holy Spirit where he got goosebumps and then everything was okay, but, but it was a lifelong process where he continued to spend time in the presence of the Holy Spirit. He continued to seek the Holy Spirit because what happens is there are some things in our life that are a little more difficult than the day before. So this past Monday at our prayer experience, we have a prayer experience every Monday, not tomorrow, it's 4th of July, um, but we have a prayer experience on Mondays where um, this past Monday, if you haven't been, I recommend 10 out of 10. Come at least to one, and if you don't want to come back, I'll give you your money back. But our prayer experience is, and Pastor Marty's up here, and he, he's talking about something similar, and he says, he says we have leaks. He, say, he said we have, we have holes in, in our lives sometimes. And sometimes when we have the Holy Spirit in us on Sundays, and I've been guilty of this, I'll come to church on Sunday, and then I'll get filled with the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, and then I won't talk to him again until the next Sunday. But what I realized is the experience and the, the Holy Spirit that I felt on Sunday was enough to get me through Sunday. But what I had inside me wasn't enough to get me through the problem that I was about to face on Wednesday. So, so, so what if being filled again is God saying, hey, you need to have a lifestyle of living in the presence of God. You need to have a lifestyle of seeking and spending time with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit that you have inside of you today might not be enough to take care of the issue or struggle or problem or divorce or breakup that you face next week. Now, I'm not saying that God's not able, but I'm saying that the Spirit living in us is directly up to us by the amount of time we spend with Him. And I got to thinking if the disciples... The, the cream of the crop, the top of the top, if they needed the Holy Spirit, how much more do we need the Holy Spirit now? Which leads me to my last point this morning. 
in the now. So we had in the beginning, we see the Holy Spirit. We see the Holy Spirit in the middle. And I want you to see the Holy Spirit in the now. It's Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. I want you to count with me. It says this. It says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. I kneel before the Father. So we immediately have God the Father. From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit. We've got God, Holy Spirit, in your inner being so that Christ, three, God the Son, may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that you might be filled with all of the fullness and completion of God. So if you don't hear or haven't heard anything else that I've said, I want you to hear this part. If any of you, probably most of you, because a lot of you always have already come up to me talking about pictures of, the, of a trip that we just took, but, but if you follow my wife on social media, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, she is going to post some pictures, right? Probably a lot of pictures. And, and, and a lot of them are of me. So she's going to post all of these pictures, and then she always has these really kind words to say. She, she'll, she'll post all of these photos. In fact, we just celebrated our 12-year anniversary, and she had, like, all the good pictures, right? And she had already posted them. And I couldn't just post the pictures that she had posted it because I had to come up with my own. So I'm sitting there scrolling through my phone for, like, 20 minutes trying to find a picture that she didn't use. But, but she'll post these pictures, and she'll... She'll post these words, and, 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 and what it's depicting to, to the outside eye is me as a husband, that, that I am her husband, that, that she loves me, so, so you guys can kind of see through that filter me as a husband. And if you're here on Sunday mornings, um, it, the same thing without even prompting it happened this morning. You've probably seen my oldest son sneak into this back closet to get a ring pop, um, because that's where they are, or he'll come into the kitchen, not sneaking, he'll ask, but he'll go and get a Sprite. And I'm like, you know what? You can have that Sprite. I was like, you're here just as long as I am. I was like, so whatever you want, baby boy, it's yours. So he is spoiled on Sundays. And then you might see me with a little tank that I'm carrying on my arm, Maverick, and the only reason why I'm carrying is not because he can't walk, which he really can't because all he does now is runs, but he will be all over the place, and he's climbing um, I, I will walk in and he'll be standing on our coffee table just, ah, just screaming and stomping. I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> but if you see me in that context, you, you see me and recognize me as a father. So, so you see the post, you see the relationship, so you can, you can understand that I'm a husband. You can, you can see me with my boys and you understand that, that, that I'm a father, but but none of you in this room have experienced me as I am a son. Now, I'm not saying I was the perfect child, 
Um, although my mom would probably say that I was pretty close. So I'll just go with her concept of who I was as a baby. But now that I'm grown, our relationship is different. They're not giving me instruction and direction. They're not calling me to get on to me because I stayed out later than I was supposed to. Uh, they're not reprimanding me for these things. But now I get phone calls. Hey, I'm really going through this. Do you have advice? Do you have, do you have anything that you could speak in? Could you pray for me? And I get these kind of phone calls now. And what I realized looking at this is you guys know me as a portion, but you don't know me as a fool. And, and, and you can experience me as, as a father. You can experience what it looks like for me being a husband, but you're only getting a portion of what I have to offer. Like I said earlier, we understand God the Father. We understand running to his feet, asking for things, asking for our needs. And that's okay. Because as a father, every time Lyndon comes up to me, every time Maverick comes up to me and says, Dada, I'm like, whatever you want. We understand God the Father. And then we will plead the blood of Jesus. We will seek forgiveness. We will seek salvation. In fact, sometimes we will go out and do something on Saturday night that we swore we would never do again. And then be on church on Sunday to ask for forgiveness. And you know what? He gives it freely. But if we're not experiencing the presence, if we're not experiencing the Holy Spirit, we're not getting the fullness that God wants for you. I have a, a good old football story. I don't know if I've ever preached without sharing a football story. But I had this coach, and I got to thinking about this. When we're not experiencing the fullness of God, when we're not, we're not taking all that God has to offer, we're settling. We're settling for less than the best. And me as a father, I want my boys to have the best. God is your father. He wants you to have the best, which comes with his fullness, but understanding all three, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When you settle for less, it's like this coach that I had, Coach Madden. This dude was just beefy, right? Like, I'm pretty sure if I laid on a bench press today, I could still do okay. Like, I could do okay. I think he's probably pushing 60 now. And if he got on a bench press today, he could probably still do 500 pounds. Um, in fact, he stopped being a football coach to go be a principal at a school that still allowed whoopings. Because he wanted to hit kids, I think. I don't know. But he, he came in at this game, and I'll never forget, golly, it, I, I would say it's probably the second greatest halftime speech ever, next to Al Pacino's in any given Sunday. Don't go watch the movie. Just trust me. Before I was as close to Jesus as I am now, I would listen to that speech before every single college football game because I would go out and hit some people. It got me pumped up. But the older I get, 
the more I kind of let this one move closer and closer to the top. Because he came in and he was he was always mad. Like, why are you mad? He'd come in and he he threw his clipboard down. And I'm looking around the room because I'm like, did he not see the scoreboard? I was like, we're we're winning. It's like, why is he so mad? But he came in and he yelled. He said, he said, stop playing not to lose. Took me a minute. He said, stop playing not to lose. I was like, oh, we're winning. I was like, what are we doing wrong? He said, playing not to lose. He said, you might come out on top. He said, you might actually win this game. He's like, life's not about this game. It's about the next and the next. It's about playoffs. It's about the championship. He said, when you play not to win, you might make it. But I want you, when you play not to lose, you might make it. He said, but I want you to go back out there, and I want you to play to win. And when you play to win, you don't have any more breath in you, but you do one more hit. You go one more play. You go harder. You go faster. And we won that game by way more than we should have. It was embarrassing. I got to sit out because we were winning so good. But it takes me back to this point. If you are settling for only portions of God, you're playing your life not to lose. But if you'll embrace not just the Father, not just Jesus, but embrace and spend time with the Holy Spirit, you begin to live your life to win because you are experiencing the fullness of God and not just settling for a portion. If I could have everybody stand to your feet. I want to pray for you guys, and if I have some of my prayer team, I want you to go ahead and make your way up to the front. When it comes to your relationship with God, I want to encourage you more this morning to stop settling for less. Because the completion and the fullness that he has in store for you is exactly what you need to overcome tomorrow exactly what you need to forgive that person from yesterday, exactly what you need to do the purpose that God has placed inside of you. If I could have everybody bow your heads, we're going to pray. God, we love you so much. I can't close a service out with asking this, the, the most important question. Is there anyone in this room that would say, that they do not have a relationship with God at all. They have never experienced the presence of God. They have never received forgiveness from the blood of Jesus and want to make that decision today. If you could just raise your hand. There's no one looking around. I just want to pray specifically for you. If you just slip your hand in the air. 
As I'm about to close, if there's any of you in this room that would say that you have settled for less than a full experience of who God is, and you want to grow, you want to learn how to spend time in the presence of God, you want to learn how to, to, to spend time with the Holy Spirit, I want you to find one of these leaders up here that would be more than willing and happy to pray with you, pray for you, encourage you. But as we do that, I'm going to go ahead and pray for you guys and make sure to stop on your way out as we want to celebrate you guys with a popsicle. Get one for your kids, get one for your family. But God, we love you so much and we honor you. We are so grateful for your presence. So grateful for, for loving us as a father, dear Lord Jesus, for sending your one and only son Jesus Christ to die on the cross so that we may be forgiven, dear Lord, but also send in your Holy Spirit so that we can have power to overcome the world. God, I pray that these people, dear Lord Jesus, that your sons, your daughters would be able to go out into this world with their head lifted high, knowing that you are for them. And if you are for them, then none shall be against them. God, none shall be that is against them will prosper, dear Lord. They can go out and overcome everything that the enemy throws at them, God. And I pray for this weekend. I pray that everyone is safe. I pray that everyone comes back with all ten, fin all ten fingers, all ten toes to our incredible service next week. God, we love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.